hello. Welcome to today's episode of Content Creation Made Easy. I'm your host, Jen Liddy. And today I'm talking about AI, artificial intelligence, which has been around for a while, but it's really come into the mainstream hard in 2023. And you might have an opinion about using it. You might have an opinion about not using it. You might feel strongly. You might be on the fence. Today, I have an expert with me to help us unpack this and just wrap our heads around it and understand how we can learn it. So I have Cheryl Rarick with me. She owns Cheryl Rarick Marketing. And Cheryl is an anti-hustle business strategist, which is why I really connected with her because you know, like, I don't want to work harder. I don't want to do more. I'm totally over it. Her expertise is she's an automation engineer. She's an email deliverability expert. You know, how many of your emails go to spam or don't get opened? And she's a funnel whiz, basically, who brings the magic of automation to people who create courses and to coaches. So basically, you can live your best life. And I love this line, the tyranny of the tiny screen. Get away from the tyranny of the tiny screen. Can I do that with my 16-year-old? She is the creator of the Automate and Chill Method, which I love that it's trademarked. That's awesome. And you're going to find out that Cheryl's obsessed with designing and automating the customer journey in a flawless way and like freeing up your time every single week. So Cheryl, thank you for like, oh my God, we had the most epic back and forth and back and forth to get this podcast recorded. So woo! We sure did. I'm so happy to finally be here chatting with you, Jen. Me too. And the funniest part is that when I first tapped you to talk about this on the Content Creation Made Easy podcast, you were like, oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm going to get my head all around it. And then life happened and you you just told me before we got on, you're like, and it's all changed since we last. (laughs) Changes daily, doesn't it, Jen? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I get the sense that automation is your jam. Making things work on their own is your jam. So I first, before you get started talking about AI, would you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are doing what you do? The backstory. Yeah. Sure. I've always been a bit of a nerd. Okay. To be fair, I grew up, I think it was helpful. I'm, uh, how old am I? 42. And being born in, in the 80s and growing up through the 90s, the dawn of technology as far as computers and internet goes. And right. I grew up in a family who had a computer store and I just sort of always sort of liked that type of thing, but I'm also a creative. And mm-hmm. so I've been around marketing and technology my whole life, but as a creative and now like in the online course creator and coaches space, I find that like, I'm really good at bridging that gap because there is a gap. Usually people are one or the other and there's a few of yeah. us out here that are both and we need to help. We need to help the creators, mm. right? With use technology. Use your powers for good. Yeah. Like when you introduced me using automation and you agree to do less, like we're just doing the most all the time as online business owners. Yeah. And yeah. we have it, you know, we live in such a time where we have tools that can help with that and just bridging the gap. Yeah. I'm going to actually dive in and say, You know, I think there's pluses and minuses, obviously. I've seen online, like lots of my friends and colleagues have gone, I will say, like all in on using AI. Yeah. I am not that interested in it. My assistants will use it when they need to use it for whatever they're doing on the back end of my marketing machine. But I like to write my own copy and I love writing. So I don't really love using AI. That said, it's definitely helped me in many 
times get out of a jam or think of a different way to say something. So I have no skin in the game. I'm just really interested to learn your thoughts on it and what my audience can learn from you, either in terms of thinking or mindset or actually, you know, using this to make their life easier. For mindset, mindset's huge. Like you just nailed it. I think cultivating a curiosity mindset is what's necessary in these times because even people like me who who love, I love technology. It's overwhelming. Things are moving fast. There's a lot of days where like, I don't even want to know today what's happening with this. Like (laughs) not another change. Like I cannot keep up. And I imagine people who are not tech inclined feel even more so. Right. So just cultivating curiosity and play around it is probably my biggest tip when it comes to that. Just try it out. Like it's, it, it's happening, whether we're ready or whether we want it to. So we might as mm-hmm. well just be part of the conversation and be curious and playful with it. Because I agree, I also like enjoy writing and like making my own content and copy. Yeah, I don't often use AI for that reason, but I do mm-hmm. love it. I'm just preparing for a launch of my own and I do love it when I'm stuck. It's really great. Mm-hmm. It's so much better than a thesaurus. like you know when I'm stuck and I'm like this word is flat this is not driving home the point and I cannot figure it out chat GPT is my trusty sidekick for those scenarios and Mm. oftentimes I don't necessarily use the output but it really gets you past your block and just considering other things like recently I had put in like give me a word that is more I'm looking for a word that sort of means critical or, you know, like important. And I want it to be not so aggressive sounding as critical because I don't want to be gaslighting on my sales page. Like it's critical, (laughs) but will you be successful without this? Well, yeah. Is this a better way? Sure. But I'm not about to be like bro markety style. Yeah. Hell rain down if you don't buy my product. (laughs) So I asked ChatGPT. So how many options did it give? Oh, it worked with it for a while. So like, give me something that's not as strong as critical, but is a little bit stronger than the word essential. And we Mm. went through 10 or 12 options. And I'm like, no, those still feel too strong. What else do you have? And have a conversation. And I was able to sort of move past that block I was having and also have almost like a thought partner conversation. But it was like after midnight and none of my thought partners were available to have a conversation about (laughs) one word on my sales page. (laughs) Also. I have those moments, and I'm sure everybody listening does too, when you're just kind of tapped out, like you've done the good work, you know you need to create this thing, you know where you're headed, but you're just like, I can't like think creatively anymore. This actually just happened to me. I mean, I've written so much copy. I've helped people. It was so much content. And I was wondering how you could say something like, so you can a little bit better because I wanted people to be able to take like, you get this. So you can have this, you get this, so you can have like to really unpack it for them. And so I just asked chat GPT, I'm like, what's a better way to say? So you can, and it came up with 12 really good options. And I have to say, I was kind of grateful for it. Right. in those moments, it's really good. So even for those of us who are not about to start using it to write all our words, it's a great editing partner. It's a great conversation partner, thought partner, elaborator, thesaurus. Mm -hmm transcriber. 
summarizing yeah. data, yeah. like putting in your podcast transcripts and say, pull out the themes or, you know, yes. things like that, that are things that would take us too much time. We wouldn't do because they would be too time consuming. They're not our, our area of expertise. They're not, but it's helpful. It's helpful to have a little staff member on the side, a little intern. <laughs> So I'm going to go to a little bit to the side here and talk about my 16-year-old who regularly uses AI for literally as much yeah. as possible in his life. And he has figured out a workaround for everything, not just him, like all of his friends. And so I don't know if you know, but I used to teach high school and college English and writing. And I say to him all the time, I'm like, if I were teaching today, I would lose my mind because they work so much harder on the workarounds than actually doing the work. Yeah. And so he and I, you know, kind of have this like battle of the philosophies about this. And so I'm going to preface everything I'm about to say by saying, I'm 53, I'm Gen X, you know, and I was brought up to believe that you do the work yourself. It's hard work. Believe me, I've been in therapy about this for a long time and I'm still working on it. But I think that some people feel like, is this cheating? I'm curious what your thought is around that. Well, I'm a mom of three kids. And so I've thought mm -hmm. that. As a marketer <laughs> and an online business owner, a course creator and a marketer, I'm like, hallelujah, this is the great equalizer now because we now have access to, to things to be about, like I said, an editor and stuff like I can't afford an editor or yes, a data yes. analyzer, but the big companies can. So I, as a marketer, yeah. I think it's so cool and I'm very curious Mm. But then as a mother, I'm like, oh my goodness, what have we done? <laughs> yeah. So far, my kids are young. They're 8, 10, and 12. And mm. they're largely uninterested in using it to write because they're excited to get their ideas out. Oh, yeah. As teenagers, mm. we'll have to see. Because as teenagers, I remember when I was a teenager, you want to do the least amount possible, right? You want to go hang out with your friends. Totally. But I also think totally. a lot about university and college. And... I heard someone say, I wish I could credit the person who said it. It was on a podcast talking about AI and talking about, uh, I don't want to butcher their quote, but they were talking about the industrial revolution is how we, you know, used technology to do the work of our bodies. And this is sort of a new revolution where we use technology to help with the work of our oh. minds. And I was, that really okay. hit me. And I was like, wow, I need to chew on that. I don't really know how I feel about that or what that actually that. means, yeah. but it really stood out to me as something really interesting. And that shit, also yeah. reminded me, I saw a, a reel or something on Instagram recently. It was a clip from 1994 and it was a news show in 1994 for your listeners who are young is basically when the internet started. <laughs> and these newscasters were having a conversation and they had to read out to email the studio and they're reading the email address out and there's an at symbol and they're like, what is that? Like they didn't have I a clue. That's the Today Show yeah, that's um, what it was. Yeah. crew. That's what it was. I remember because I've seen that and it's so funny. And they were like, what's this at sign? What does any of this mean? And someone shouts from the back, it's for the internet. And they're like, what's the internet? And they're like, it's a room <laughs> of computers. I don't know. <laughs> So if you think that wasn't that long ago, I mean, for people our age, that wasn't that long ago. That doesn't feel that long ago. 1994, like what we didn't know, like how different mm -hmm. life is today. And there was good and there's mm -hmm. bad that came from it, sure. surely. But at the same time, I can't remember a time before I could order my coffee on my phone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we've lived through that cusp before. 
And we're on a second mm-hmm. one now. And I think it's going to be similar. They'll be good. They'll be bad. We'll adapt and life will look different. And I'm very curious and a little bit excited, a little bit reserved to see in what ways that changes. Because I think for us too, it's mm-hmm. hard to let go of the things we like about the way things are now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's easy to judge, you know, people who are using it, especially, you know, when they're 16 years old. It's a skill they're going to need. Yes. In a different way. So I wanted to talk about yeah. that because you mentioned before we started chatting the discrepancy between, you know, the positives and the negatives and the good stuff and the bad stuff yeah. and how if we are, you know, whether we're resistant to it or we embrace it and we're just new to it, can you break down some of the positives and negatives? Well, there's a whole conversation to be had about the positives and negatives about like ethical stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I'm qualified (laughs) to dive deep into that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, people think it's like plagiarism. Like there's so many conversations happening with really smart people that I'm not educated enough to comment on. I know with like ChatGPT, for example, though, it's predictive of text. That's what it is. It's a text predictor based on data. And so it predicts, it knows the words that you're putting in a row and it predicts what you might want it to come next. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it does create original content, but it is trained on data from somewhere in human human speech and human, you know, the written word from the internet that it's been trained on. So so the ethics aside, when it comes to content, because that's, you know, important to your listeners is we have so Mm -hmm. much content to create. Why is some of the output great and some bad? Or some people say, oh my gosh, yes. ChatGPT wrote me the best thing. And other people are like literally garbage out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so I think it's some people, especially when you're new to it, we have this overly simplistic view of what it is and how it works. And so we just like tap tap in 10 blog post ideas on topic for audience and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And the output's not very good, obviously. And it's because it has no context. So the key okay. to working with AI is giving it context. And I find it helpful for myself. I think of it as like my newest hire, my newest junior copywriter. Oh, yeah. Give it a name. It's fun to talk to a person. Like, give it a name. What's yours's name? Uh, it changes depending on my mood <laughs> or which <laughs> chat I'm like, cause you can start a new chat for new topics and, you know, I'll, right. um, but you can give it a job too. You can say you are Jane, a marketing coordinator and you can give it a role and it'll take the role, which is pretty fun. Amazing. Yeah. But thinking of it as a human helps because especially there's a lot of AI tools and almost, and they all use a lot of the same technology underneath the hood through open okay. AI. But talking specifically about chat GPT, because I know that's the most accessible because it's the basic version is free right now and it's most people can access it it's a conversational tool so it's designed Mm. to speak like a person and it works better when it gets input that's conversational as well and so it feels a little uncomfortable or weird when you're not used to talking to your computer and typing like a conversation but do think of it as a person a smart like genius level photographic memory type of Mm. intern but they're gen z and they happened to be like young and inexperienced. They don't know okay. you or your company or your content or your audience or your business or your offers. They don't know any of that, but they know a ton. They're a genius otherwise. Okay. So what they okay. lack is your experience and then your context. And it's the sure, same thing. Like your stories, your voice, that kind of All thing. of that. So you're not going to about to take like a Gen Z, like a, a genius one, genius level Gen Z intern and like hand over your business. 
<laughs> right? You're going to take right. them under your wing. You're going to work with them and train them and you're going to use their gifts, but you mm. you need to coach them. You need to help them get to giving you the output. They're capable, but you need to work with them to get there. And it's the same thing here. That's super helpful. So the difference between positive output, negative output, or meh output, good output versus like useless output is all in how you treat it and how you approach it and what you feed it. Yes. Input will equal your output. Input. Yeah. But and, yeah. you know, people say that, but what does that really mean? Like, what does that mean in practice? Yeah. What does that mean? And it means, <laughs> well, when you're, wor- it means you work with it. You don't just ask a question, look at the response and go, oh, that sucked. Right. Change uh, your question. Mm-hmm. It, they need coaching, editing, prompting, iterating. You work back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Quick sidebar, quick tip in case somebody out there needs to hear it is that when you're working in chat GPT, you know you can start a new chat. Each time you start a new chat, you want to do that for a new topic because you're training mm. it within the chat with all of your input. And it okay. will give you... So if you talk about an Instagram post about email marketing and now you're asking it for recipes like start a new chat uh, interesting. and sort of keep them because it's remembering throughout the chat and it's learning what you want throughout the chat so that's Amazing. a tip a tip that i think everyone needs to know and understand yeah and you can go back to old ones and, and go back to them but it's important to keep them sort of in their little container silo yeah, I love that. And that makes sense because it keeps them all on the side and you can go back yeah. and see them later. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. This is incredibly helpful. These are like, although to you probably because you work with this and you, you know, you've been diving in, it's probably like second nature to you or like breathing to you. But for somebody, I haven't played much with it. And because I've been a little resistant, but honestly, because I really love writing. So to me, it's like, I don't want to learn a new thing, but I'm hearing from you. It's just not that hard. Well, it takes practice. I would say it takes practice to sort of, you're assuming that I would use it all the time. I don't because I'm like you. I enjoy (laughs) writing. I often forget I even have it. Like I leave it open on my tab and I'll completely forget about it because it's not a habit yet. Right. But that reminds me of like, I'm just aging myself throughout this whole interview. (laughs) I'm older. I'm 10 years older than you. When Don't worry. You're iPhones so baby. came out, touchscreen iPhones came out. I like I didn't use it to its capability just because my brain wasn't ready for it. Like didn't understand yeah. how it worked, but I give it to my two-year-old toddler and they could do anything on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like it's the same that's your 16-year-old can run with AI in a way that you and I, we forget to even use it or we, we totally. don't even consider a way that you're like, oh, you can use it for that. Well, of course you can, right? But we didn't think of yeah. it. And so it is a bit of a practice and that's why I say it's really important to have that curiosity mindset because yeah, try it. Just try something. See what happens. <laughs> I would love to hear on your launch, your recent launch, how you tried it. Like how did curiosity serve you there? Yeah. So mostly I'm really obsessed with the program I'm creating and my content. And mm-hmm. so I, like you said, I, it's fun for me to write about it. So I didn't mm-hmm. use it for that, but I did use it for, I got, you know, get a lot of mind blanks and roadblocks when you're writing enough yeah. content for a launch, like long form sales page emails and all the things. Yes. And yes. so it helped me over a lot of humps. Like I said, with that critical versus essential word, like how nitpicky, but stuff like that, some, it matters to me. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm able to work back and forth with it that way, as well as editing. 
for active voice from passive voice. Can you change oh, it? Oh, that is a really good one. I often will write in, you know, or I'll switch tense. I grew up in French immersion. I'm Canadian and I learned French grammar before English. There's sometimes like, I'm a fan of breaking grammar in, in copywriting mm-hmm. and being conversational, mm-hmm. but sometimes something's just janky and you can't sort it yourself, yeah. right? And you're like, yeah. just plug it in and say, or one time I had a bullet point. It was really long. And I'm like, can you s- say this more? Keep the tone, keep the message, make it more concise. And it, it was able to rearrange it. the sentence to be more effective, more compelling on the page. So I think just an editor is my favorite use case so far. But if someone's not a writer like us and they don't like writing, if you're good at speaking, like mm-hmm. if you're a verbal processor, jump on like Voxer and Vox your own self or like mess- wherever you voice record. Anybody can voice right. record on their phone these days and plug the transcript and say, you can turn this into something, an email. You need to give it some context. You need to tell what kind of email and who your people are and what you're trying to say. But get curious with how, like, what are supports that would be helpful for you, especially for the neurodivergent community, this is a game changer, right? So if there's certain things that are harder for you, how can we use this to work around it? Because there's a lot of opportunity there. It's really exciting, I think, for accessibility. Yes, I think I love that, that point. I'm really glad you brought that up. One of the things I see people doing in their writing a lot is they're like, I focus. I did this, I did this. It's like always I subject, rest Same. of the sentence. I verb, rest of the sentence. I, I verb, rest of the sentence. And if you can put your copy in there, like write the way you want to write and then ask ChatGPT to not only like condense it for you and revise it, but also change it from the I perspective to the second person, you. It could make your copywriting so much it will land with your mm-hmm. audience more and then you don't have to kind of like waste your brain power doing that. Yeah. And things like emotion. So I teach a lot of this in my upcoming program, Automate and Chill, because Mm -hmm. you have to just get your writing out, right? And then we can work with it, (laughs) (laughs) right? Then we can apply copywriting principles with the help of our new editor, ChatGPT. So like, how can we make this? Okay. So I wrote something and I'm like, it comes across aloof. Like, how can I make this Mm, feel, insert emotion? And it can help with that. that because it is trained on human, humanness. So you can work with it. Yeah. And like I said before, I think I'm jumping ahead of myself, sort of jumping all over the place with my tips, but it's a conversation <laughs> with chat GPT, right? Like they said with yeah. context. So you'll get better output if you have a conversation with it, even before you ask it for your ultimate thing that you're looking for. Mm, so if like you, a warm up. Yeah. You're training it. You're having like that, that brand new green Gen Z or who doesn't know what the heck you're talking about emotion, what emotions the copywriters are feeling. They don't know. (laughs) Right. right. So ask it, say, what would somebody with this problem feel? Mm -hmm. Like the problem you're trying to solve with what you're selling, like Mm -hmm. what would they feel like? And ask it to come with ideas. You're not necessarily using that in your copy. You might find something interesting to talk about. It just might take you to the next step down the path. But you're just helping it get on your page. And then once it's on your page, it's giving you output and you've had a conversation for a few minutes. Now say, okay, now I'm writing an email. How can we, can you bring Mm. this in and sort of work with it? Co-create is a word my friend Harris says, and I love that. It's like like co-creating with it. You're not asking it to write for you, but you're sort of getting it to help you along. Yeah. When you, speaking of helping things along, how do you feel about people buying prompts to use with ChatGPT? 
specifically for that reason? Yeah. Let me save your listeners some money. Okay. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need them. <laughs> and most definitely not like 3000 for $9 or whatever's mm-hmm. on your feed right now. Save your money because they're prompt dumps. And okay, I'm backtracked. They're good for one thing. Okay. Opening up your mind to new ways to use it. Yep. Seeing how, like, it's always fascinating to watch how other people do everything, right? And it makes Mm. you think of ways you could do things. So it could be valuable. If that's that's helpful to you, then, like, fill your boots. But don't put your business future (laughs) on these prompt dumps or, like, write a course in an hour. Please don't. Please don't write a course in an hour. We need thought leadership more than ever. (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. Because we're, you know, we're fully grown adults who have never had this technology. We're kind of flying blind with it. So if you want to use it for that purpose, it's fine. But for prompting and actually working with AI, you don't need it because skilled prompting is a conversation and there is no magical prompt. They're just like, okay, there isn't one, but there is a structure. So I'll give you some tips on a structure. Okay. That will help because structure can help with prompting, but even if you don't use the structure that I'm about to tell you, that's okay. Just have a conversation <laughs> and keep the conversation going. Like I said, with that example, with my critical versus essential word, the first yeah, output yeah. it gave me was still a little bit bro marketing like really like mm. uh, you can tell there's a lot of that on the internet and it's a lot in their data set for chat GVC, right? Yeah. It pulls a lot of that. I'm like, that's no. Really and I'm like, no, you're not hitting the nail on the head here. I'll just speak conversationally like that. I'm like, this isn't hitting the nail on the head. Let's try something a little softer or a little like not quite so strong, somewhere in between. How about this? What about that? Like talk to it. Mm. And you'll be surprised by the the way it comes out. That would definitely not be intuitive to me. I would never yeah. have approached it as a human. Well, so we never have. Like We've never had that. Right. Right. But it's trained that way. Chat GPT specifically, I'm not talking about all the other AI tools sure. because sure. the GPT that runs underneath them all, like OpenAI's GPT 3.5, GPT 4, all of those that power a lot of them. So if you look at Jasper mm-hmm. and all of the million other mm-hmm. tools that are coming out, they've applied their prompt framework over top. So you'll have one that's okay. good for blog posts or podcast uh, show notes. It's because they've applied their framework to how to make a good show note. So those tools can be really useful as well in certain cases. But if you're dealing just with chat GPT, chat to it. Chat with it. Back and forth. Yeah. Right. So what makes a good prompt if there is no magical prompt? (laughs) And Sam Woods, who I learned AI from, he's Mm -hmm. like amazingly smart with if you want to go deep 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 into Mm. this stuff he's your guy and he said something he said prompts are just thoughts made visible in text it's just a thought yeah and just keep them coming sometimes we're so blocked yeah Yeah, right and so that little reframe helps but okay so if you're going to use it though for content for your brand we need to get better out like we need a little bit more serious of a prompt okay so Mm -hmm. We are going to look at three parts of a good prompt. And the first is you want to give it a task. So every prompt includes a task or a function or a goal. And that's what you're asking it to do for you. So you need to clearly define. First of all, you need to know what you want. (laughs) Sometimes we don't know what we want. 
Right. But if you need to know what you're looking for or what you want out of it and clearly define that. So that would be like describe, give 10 examples, write, you know, like mm-hmm. telling it specifically what you want. The second part, and these are not necessarily in order. I don't care. The AI doesn't care what order these come in either. Okay. And it can be throughout a conversation thread. It doesn't have to be all in one magical prompt before you hit the enter button. (laughs) Context. This is the part that most people are missing, like we were saying, and why you get crappy output. It's Mm -hmm. because you need background information. Like you need to help it understand the situation so it can generate a relevant response that's going to be interesting to you. So give it background, give it situation, key bits of information, describe the problem, describe who the problem is being felt by, like who is your people, who you help, what you do, all of that kind of information is going to help. I actually am creating that in my program to make it easier because I think we get stuck with that. Even I get stuck with that. I go to use AI and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to bother because I have to like give it all this background information to get good yeah, stuff. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I can be bothered. Can Move on to the next thing, shiny, shiny object number two. Right. So I'm building out in my program, I call it the AI copy companion. Mm-hmm. And it is basically like your brand guide, you know, like your tone of voice, your style, things you always say, things you never say. Mm-hmm. your ideal audience like described that is incredibly the useful. feelings you like to have like i say what's the feeling when i'm doing anything i design a sales page what's the feeling i want what's mm-hmm. writing an email what's the feeling i want them to have it's so, like you can have all of that kind of juicy goodness that makes you and your brand you and unique in a document that's handy and saved right on your taskbar so that you can just yeah. copy paste every time you start a new chat with chat gpt that's about your brand or you know for copy or content you can just paste that and say like here's the information i want you to consider f- for this chat about my brand paste it, it all in and then from there have a conversation so that will be really helpful yeah. i know it's hard to it's do like it not- in practice right to actually sit down and write that well, document but then you need to do it one time well it's like anything it's like why i don't teach my kid how to fold his own laundry because i have to teach him how to do it and then i have to like it's like input on the beginning side versus like exponential output on the other side once he knows how to do exactly. it. That's what we're talking about here. That's a huge shift yeah. for people. Well, I think- You have given us- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say you have given us so much. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm right in it right now because I'm creating a program <laughs> that is all about getting people to write a year's worth of emails. And I know that my oh, biggest wow. hurdle is going to be getting them to actually do it. I think it'll sell. Yeah. I think people want it. But to do it is a whole nother thing. Yes. And so Absolutely. making workflows easier and getting stuff faster, easier without the heavy load is sort of where my brain is, especially this week. But I would say that, yeah, so like it's hard for humans. We don't want to do the hard work. Like we have human brains and we're in a human body and our human brains go, well, difficult. I want to save calories. I'm not doing that today. Shiny thing over here. Right. And so sitting down and writing your brand value, like not your values so much, that's important, but like your tone, your style of voice. You don't know what it is. Copy some writing that you love that you wrote and paste in and ask it. What's the tone? So great. That's a great tip. What's the voice? You know, pick out your favorite stuff. Or sometimes you'll have things that are different tones, right? Maybe my emails are a different tone than LinkedIn posts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Paste it in there and say, evaluate this for me and tell me what's the tone style. And then keep that and use that next time. You want something to sound similar. Or you don't even have to pull out the description. You can just paste an email in or a sales page and say, this is a sales right. page I wrote that I'd like. I want to write a new one on this topic for this audience, for this it. 
write it similarly. It doesn't always get it right. Work with it. And also, you know, just back and forth conversation. Absolutely. And just like a human, you want to chunk it down. It gets better output. Uh Like if you ask it to write a long form sales page, it won't be very good. If you ask it to write a headline, a lead, a transition, you know, like calls to action, Mm -hmm. you'll get better output that way as well. Totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. These are all things I hope people like listen to this over several times to really get into their brains and body, the simple shifts that they can make to use this. I do think that if you're going to use it, the tips are really helpful, but it's got to start with you believing it can help you, believing it's mm-hmm. not ch- you know cheating, believing that it's worth it, and um, shifting your mindset around how to use it best for you. So thank you so much, Cheryl. Yeah, I think I forgot number three. Did I forget number three? Cues. I, th- I th- talked about it, but I didn't name it. So give okay. it a task, give it context, and give it cues. The cues would be be specific, be detailed, be unique, be uncommon, oh, yeah, be yeah, vivid, yeah. be descriptive. Tell it, line up 10 of those words, tell it, you know, it's a computer. It won't get offended that you're giving it too much to do. (laughs) You're going to cue it to give you the output that you want. So feeling, you know, we were talking about tone and voice, but I didn't give you the actual one, two, three. Those are three parts of a prompt. Just jot those down. Task, context, and cue. And if you get those right and you play with it, and like you say, learn to be curious and accepting of it. Like you said, mm-hmm. mind, body, body matters too. You know, it, we have sort of this afraid response to it. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. hard to bypass that feeling to get curious and, and playful. Yeah. And I would, I would offer that it's not cheating if you're using it to refine your own thoughts. Yes, because eventually like you're serving a group of people with your content, really like you're bringing value mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And the more pointed you can be, the more likely it is to land on their ears. And that's the goal, right? Like the goal is to help these people. And sometimes you're just, you know, you're at capacity, overloaded, can't come up with the right word. And this sounds like a really realistic tool that just takes a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. And I mean, you can approach this a million ways. You might have a listener that listens to our conversation today goes completely disagree. And that's great. That's Mm -hmm. fine. And that's, that's good. I think that there's a million yeah. ways we can use this and everyone will find point. what makes sense to them. But I think just getting in the pool is part of the, <laughs> the biggest step, right? <laughs> I love just dip it. A toe. Yes, that's a good way to say it. And actually, there's a lot of people online who are saying things that I'm not really interested in. It's not really that I agree or disagree. I am not interested in that conversation. Yeah. I think I need to, you know, I need to know it. And here's why we're having this conversation. But I'm not really willing to go into the deep end of the pool at this point, but I am willing to get in the pool and and use it. I would offer that the deep end isn't for everyone anyway. That's okay. (laughs) Right, right. Some people like to swim laps. I just like to get a suntan. That's fine. (laughs) That's okay. On a floaty, no problem. Just you know, as long as it's a drink holder, we're good. (laughs) Hey Cheryl, how can people get into your world and find you? You can find me at CherylRerick.com. People struggle with my last name. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Yes, You can clickety-clickety. <laughs> I would love it if you would harass me on Instagram because I don't Instagram, but I, I want to Instagram, but I don't. Mm. So come DM mm-hmm. me. I haven't posted okay. there in like two years. I'm going to though I'm, this month. But come, I like DMs and come and hang out anyways oh, and I'll comment. Right. And Everybody we can... likes DMs. <laughs> I love it. Well, I just Thank don't pay attention the... over there. I need, I'd like to pay attention over there. So come say hey on Instagram. Yeah, it is overwhelming. Well, I wanted to say thanks for giving us all of these like really realistic tools, 
plus these shifts and the context that you provided. And I want to remind everybody, depending on when you're listening to this, things could have changed, right? And so remembering that it's a constantly evolving tool and to use it as such. Like tomorrow, everything could be different. <laughs> but that's why I say don't spend all your money on those prompt bundles. Yeah. Because yeah. using to work with it in a fundamental way will serve you longer term and across tools, yeah. I think. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening, listener. I appreciate you being here and staying through the whole episode because I know there's a lot of podcasts that you have to listen to, which is why I went to two times a month rather than every week. So I love bringing you interesting new approaches and I'm glad you're here. Thanks again. And thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate you so much. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.